Look at me coming all prepared. Bringing the game. Is that what you're doing? I wasn't uh, sure what it was. I had a little bit of a respite. Respite. But, uh, yeah, that too. Resputin. I don't know. Respite. I don't know. Stop the contradicting me, <laughs> Paul. Just let me say you. it the way I want to say it, you silly bastard. So, Just trying to help you. Bill English, uh, not, Bill English, no good. Bill English, fine. Okay, capiche? Making uh, Ben laugh. He's trying Ben's to be quiet, play the game. Ben's playing uh, DC Universe Online. Which is a lot better than the Marvel version, let's say. Which maybe I should do that in the show proper eventually. But not today because it's order up. Bing. Was that the intro? Back to the bin. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to Back to the Bins. Now, this episode could be Defender's Score Episode Part 3. This could be Order Up Part 2. Order Up! Or Defender's Spotlight. But whatever the case may be, I'm Paul. Ooh, Spataro. Defender Spotlight. That's Bill Robinson, and we're back again. Say hello, Bill. Look who's back. Back again. Hello, Bill. Hello, Bill. Hi, Bill. What the hell was that? I don't know. <laughs> it's old man Bill. It's my old man voice. I'm old. Uh, well, I am old. That's I'm Jim from Taxi. Okay, <laughs> That's your natural voice. Okay, fine. So we we are today planning to cover issues three and four of the order. Ooh. Tree and four. Tree and four. Tree. Is that good for you? Born tree. Uh, hmm. This is that good with you? That's good with me. That's okay. we don't have any uh, email because. Uh, None of these episodes have even aired yet, so uh, we have regular email, but we'll save that for a regular show. Well, or maybe we'll hit it later. We'll see how much time we have later. Or maybe we won't. We got any new, new any comic news? Uh, at this time? At this time, Marvel as Legacies we record, comes to having a midnight launching party tonight at my LCS on September 26th. However, I will not be going because I will be asleep. And I don't know if I'm going to get Marvel Legacy anyway. As we record today, we are nine days away from my going to New York Comic Con. Nine, nine. So I will, be, attend- I will, nine. I will be attending that uh, gala, and uh, I've already I've already had event. two people uh, ask me for uh, if I could try Autographs? and get them get them some uh, New York Comic Con exclusives. So I, I have mm. I have my, my marching orders for two friends. Oh, Stan Lee's going to be at the Tampa Bay Comic Con, but I don't have the money to see him, so I won't be going. I thought he wasn't doing cons anymore. 
That's what I thought too. But this is like been it's been blown up my email. Oh, last minute, Stan Lee's coming to the. Because now we have the Tampa. Remember, we have the Tampa Comic Con, which takes place in July. Now we have the MegaCon Tampa Bay, and I'm just like, all right, enough. What is Stan? You know, ninety five. I I don't know. He's amazing. I'm. He's like got you know. He's got super. He's got left. Like the half life of uranium or something, he's think, gonna be around I think, forever. I think, I think he was frozen in a in a block of ice for a few years. Probably in some of those appearances you see him in. Uh, you know what? Every I've met Stanley, I think three times, and he's always been very, very genial. I was thought you were gonna say animated, like hello, I am well, the Stanley nine thousand. The first time I met Stanley was in nineteen seventy six, I believe. So he was he was a you know significantly younger man at that time. In fact, Stanley then probably would have been either my 50s. age, either my <laughs> age or a little younger than I am now. So, but that was you know the conventions were different then. That was back when you know they'd have the the conventions at hotels in Manhattan, and it would just be there'd be the you know the floor. And then there would be one room where they were showing, you know, old movies or TV shows. And then there'd be one room where you'd have the panel. And the panels would be maybe two or three things over the course of the day. You know, you'd have your uh, featured speaker and then maybe one or two other things. But that would be it. And I remember going, I think it was actually a Marvel Comics convention. It was, you know, sponsored by Marvel. And Stan was the guest of honor. So we got to go and watch him, you know, give his whole speech. And then afterwards he sat at a table and signed everybody's autograph and each person that came up he'd talk to them a little bit it was a you know, quite a thrill oh cool that almost sounds like a reaction that i had recorded and stuck in there to make it sound as if you were listening <laughs> no i was listening i had to chide ben to stop eating crackers over on the other side of the room <laughs> bring them over here and eat them yeah, well, you, did you bring enough crackers for everybody, Ben? I didn't know there were going to be so many people. He said, no. Yeah, you, you just keep playing your DC Universe online. So, okay, on to the order number three. <laughs> order, order, order. So the cover of the order number three shows the Avengers in the foreground ground facing a, away from the reader and approaching them at the upper part of the uh, cover is front and center is the Hulk with both arms extended as if he's going to come smashing down then mm -hmm. to each side of him are the Submariner who's holding a lamppost the Silver Surfer who I guess is hanging 10 no he um, also has a lamppost in his see it there kind yeah, of in he's his kind hand. of holding it with the power cosmic as opposed to uh, in his arms yeah wow that is another weird surfing pose and then because his, the, his board is like 90 degrees Way in the back, uh, floating, is Doctor Strange, who's kind of in a strange position, like you can barely see his face at all. He, he looks like he's doing one of them Russian folk dances. <laughs> <laughs> that's another cover by Carlos Pacheco. Uh, it's, it's, it's a little drab in the color scheme. Well, did they... Did, did, um... You notice, like, it looks like it's like the old Zipatone in the, um... Yeah. yeah like, it, looking on the Hulk's arms and the shirt, it's mm -hmm. weird. Submariner as it's well. It's not... 
Yeah. And, and Captain Cap- America for Cap's- that matter. And- Actually, almost everything except for the rubble. Like, all the... And Iron Man's glove doesn't have it. I wonder if it's something with the printing process. I don't know. I don't know, but it's weird. It's like anything that has, like, somewhat of a shadow to it has got, like, the little tiny dots, like Zipatone back in the day. Yeah, yeah, it's anything in shadow. Like, it was trying to give it a shadow. <laughs> yeah. Or make it look dark. I like the layout of the cover. I don't really like the cover. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Because when I first looked at it, I was like, ooh, well, this is kind of a d- different departure. I mean, I like the action of it, but it's just kind of, it seems a little drab. Yeah, it's kind of what I mean. I, I like the layout. I think if, if properly mm-hmm. executed, I would like the cover, but I just don't. So the brief summary of this story, the order number three, is... And now, if, if everybody remembers, just to, to recap, actually, before I do the summary, in the first two issues, the big three defenders, Submariner, Hulk, and Doctor Strange, along with the Silver Surfer, who is one of the first defenders as well, uh, they are, they've been cursed by Yandroth to act together, despite the fact that they hate each other, uh, if there's any Earth-threatening threat. And... Rather than just deal with the threats as they come along, they've decided to subjugate the world so that the threats don't come along at all. But somehow, we are the world. <laughs> we are the order. Somehow, in Sorry. dedicating themselves to this, they've been separated, much like Captain Kirk uh, going through a rogue transporter. <laughs> uh, and there's kind of rogue their... transporter. You made it sound like it was like prowling the ship, beaming people up at random. Yeah. I think it wasn't it the ore that they tried to beam up from the planet screwed up the Heisenberg yeah, compensator or whatever? Something like that. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I'm Captain Kirk. Um, <laughs> so, you, so you have those defenders. Then you have the, the little three, as they're dubbed in this synopsis, Hellcat, Valkyrie, and Nighthawk, who are trying to uh, stop this whole trend, uh, along with the help of uh, Papa Hag, who is a strange little man. And as we left off at the end of issue two, the Order were being confronted by the Avengers who had been called into action by uh, George W. Bush. And that's where we pick up with the Order number <laughs> three. Uh, while Hogg and the Little Three work on ideas to rebalance their old teammates, the Order confronts the Avengers. There are some nice battles and witty banter, but in general, the Avengers cannot believe these heroes have become so dark-hearted. Later, a Defender's plan takes shape. Hog needs women. Val summons, <laughs> Val summons Na- Namorita from Atlantis. Hellcat recruits the She-Hulk. Then the new five Defenders travel to a dark dimension where they convince Klee. Now, do you pronounce it Klee or Clea? I've, I've always said Clea, but... Mm. See, I've always said Klee. But I've heard people say Clea now so much that I guess I'm wrong. Wouldn't Clea be just C L E? C L E. I would think that would be Cle. <laughs> well, you have. Clea. I don't know. I just I just always called it called her name Clea. Well, you know, know, Cleveland is. How do you spell Cleveland? C L E, Cleveland. Is it C L E A V? I don't know. Let, let all the Cleveland people tell us. <laughs> so they convince Clea to join them. Meanwhile, Strange and the Surfer finally use their full power, and the Avengers are overcome. 
The order starts Bam! to show some cracks when it learns that the Hulk is uglier than they planned. He alludes to rape. Back in New York, Hyde <laughs> explains that they have... Well, 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 we'll get to that. Yeah, we will. I think he alluded to, the... to more than rape. I think so. Well, it's like in uh, Blazing Saddles, when the guy's going over his resume. Rape, murder, robbery, rape. You said rape twice. I like rape. It's, it's <laughs> very, very politically incorrect joke, but that was in Blazing Saddles. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, back in New York, Hogg explains they have a female analog of each member of the Order except for the Surfer, and that is the hard part. So that's issue three. The Surfer oh. is the hardest part. It, uh, never mind. So we start off again. We looked at the cover, so we'll go right into the story itself. Oh, should we uh, mention? Okay, so our writer is once again Kurt Busiek. Uh, Penciler is Matt Haley and Luke Ross, which I believe have we had Matt Haley before? Taking a look who here. Did the first two issues. No, no. The penciler was Kurt Batista, God, Chris Batista in the first one, and inker was Dan. P- Nosian and oh Matt Haley was in the first issue. Was the penciler of the first issue, which I was very happy with the uh, the penciling in the first issue. But here, let's, let's see how this one holds. Let's see up how in this. Comparison. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, we have the same inker again. Well, we actually we had two pencilers. We had Matt Haley and Luke Ross, and same inker as we have been having or have been having. Colorist Gregory Wright, Tom Smith. Letterers, Randy Gentile, and editor Tom Bravart and Mark Sumerak, and Joe Casada was the editor-in-chief. So we open up with a, not really a splash page, uh, we have a John Johns looking Papa Hug <laughs> uh, holding marionettes of uh, Doctor Strange, the Submariner, the Hulk, and the Silver Which makes Surfer. you think he's a villain, doesn't it? It sure looks like it at this point. But then it doesn't. Well, we don't know. You know what? I don't know. I don't know where you are in your reading of this. I've only read the first four issues so far. I I have too. I have not read ahead to five. I I, I, I mean, I've read the whole thing before, but it's like, you know, fading. It's not clear in my memory. So I don't know what's going to happen to this character, but they're definitely presenting him as someone with possible ulterior motives. I say it's a red herring. It could be. I don't know. We'll just go along with it as we see. So he's he's holding these marionette strings with the order in them, but then directly below that he's got strings with the what would be the uh the more kind and gentler people from the order and he's talking to Nighthawk. I assume that's a uh just just a, a visual, but that's not really actually happening. Does Nighthawk always wear his costume? Pretty much. If you had a costume... Oh, well, uh, yeah, wear. I guess I... Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Why would you wear anything else? It's a cool It'd be costume. hard to go to the bathroom. Is that like a one-piece? Anyway. It's probably going to fly. Mm. It's not what I'm worried about. <laughs> so then we cut to uh, Valkyrie is training along with Aragorn. Who is and being, her uh, parents... Yeah, and her mom's got a, got an epe, and she's going to show her how to uh, sword fight, and Valkyrie just knocks it out of her hand to to her embarrassment. Yeah, and Hellcat's getting some sun in her Hellcat costume. Yeah, she's she's got two inches of exposed flesh. 
her, her chin. Where? It's about so it. It's like her cheekbone, right? <laughs> so, but she's laying out in the sun as if she's sunbathing. Yeah, with the coke and a smile. And uh, Kree's dad is riding Aragon. Not very not, well. Not very, no, not very well at all. And then, uh, um, I, I must say, the uh, the bottom of the page uh, after Hellcat is bathing in the sun there, those bottom two panels, uh, the women have rather large uh, accoutrements. Bosoms. I was going to call them what Captain Kirk calls them. <laughs> accoutrements. Okay. But yeah, especially Hellcat's outfit looks like super skin tight. Yeah. Yeah. Not complaining, but, you know. Wow, wow. So, uh, we, we cut from that, that area to the Defenders, I guess. I don't remember where they are. Are they in the Himalayas? Uh, yeah. Again. Where they're being confronted by the Avengers, which includes Yellow Jacket, Wonder Man, Captain America, Scarlet Witch, Vision, uh, uh, Quicksilver, Iron Man, and Ms. Marvel. So, pretty powerful Avengers lineup. Now, you know, with this battle starting, to me, the biggest issue is always going to be the Silver Surfer. Mm-hmm. Like, how, you know, how do they, how do they take him out? That's probably the biggest question. Because of all the people on the, in this confrontation, I would say he's the most powerful. But we'll have to wait and see because as Cap calls for an attack... We zoom to um, Atlantis, where Namorita is watching cartoons. You know, she's watching a cartoon on that little sphere on the opposite side of her, where she's mm-hmm. sitting. And I almost think I know what cartoon that is, but I can't place. It looks it. like a like a dog. Yeah, like with a, a bow tie. Dog. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure which character that is, though. Mm. She she uh, she's like annoyed that Valkyrie is coming, but she agrees to go along with her pretty quickly. Yeah, well, she's probably bored because then she calls to some servants to get a regent and sit on the throne, and uh, poof, she's out of there. And now we cut back to the fight to where Namor is. Uh, did Namor have this power way back in the day? I kind of yes. remember it. I remember him using it in an early Fantastic Four issue. And I just I don't, don't remember hearing don't about it for such a long time. Yeah. I don't have any specific memory of it occurring in between then and now, but it's a, a definitely a callback to an early Fantastic Four issue. Because what we're saying is that he absorbs the wasp's um, stings, and he you know he says like and like the electric eel cast it forth against my foes, and he says he's shooting it from his hand, bouncing it off a of cap shield, and cap is shielding Wanda, and then just as uh, Behind him, Yellow Jacket rises up in his giant man mode and is taken down by uh, the Hulk with a with a like a quick ankle grab and poofs him right in the snow. And the battle is joined at this point. Quicksilver is uh, kind of distracting Doctor <laughs> Strange with a, with a face full of snow. Oof. He at like runs point? by and kicks up his wake and right. And then at that point, the uh, you know, Wanda is able to 
put a spell on him to keep him from giving any of his incantations. Put a spell on you, Doctor Strange. And uh, let's see. So Warbird is trying to take on Silver Surfer because she's got a little bit of power cosmic there. But again, not much of a match as far as I would think. But she does get high marks for her wonderful outfit. Now, she's shooting off a uh, ray from her hand. Mm-hmm. Is that a power that she had? <laughs> I, well... I, I was thinking that was more maybe when she was binary. When she was binary? But didn't she have the negabands when she was uh, Miss Marvel? Just, I don't see oh, no negabands. I don't see no negabands. Maybe they're built into her gloves. I don't know. Yeah, because I remember, I thought she just had flight and strength. That's what I thought, but maybe so, I'm mistaken. I, I, I'm guessing I am mistaken, just because it looks like she's shooting something, some sort of energy out of her hand. Mm. So the Hulk, Hulk is the taking Hulk down is Cap and Iron Man. Until the vision comes up Whatever. behind them. But, before he can do the deed on the Hulk, he gets the old, says wacky. Oh, that's not a sound fact. I'm just throwing it in there. Uh, from the surfer. He gets the... From the surfer. And we cut to She-Hulk throwing bowling pins at Triathlon. Uh, There's a character I haven't thought about in a while. Yeah. Who, who kind of derived his powers from the 3D man? Mm-hmm. From the from the 50s? Or the, well, from the 50s Avengers? Or from the what if? Because I think that's... Well, he was also in the Hulk comics too, wasn't he? Yes. Man. We covered the issue with that he was in. Uh, I'm pretty sure. That's right. I think Mike Bailey brought that. That's one. right. Yeah, because that's where the guy when he would put on the glasses and like the, he was, like, his brother or whatever was uh, blasted by an accident, whatever, and he was actually his form. He was like in the glasses when his other brother would put him on. Yeah, he would he take was, on the form of the by a, uh, by a radioactive 3D image, by a, by a radioactive <laughs> set of 3D glasses. By Radioactive 3 Spider? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So She-Hulk is uh, whining about being left behind um, um, while everybody else went on to take on the Defenders. And, you know, she's... But, uh, you know, Triathlon is trying to, you know, soothe her ego and saying, well, you know, Cap said we needed to have some powerhouses in the backup squad. And and as they're talking, then poof, Hellcat comes in. There's a little uh, typical Marvel fashion misunderstanding. Oh, you're a defender, killer! Oh. <laughs> She's like, whoa, whoa, whoa! Inactive adventure here. Mansion privileges, remember? So she explains that they're looking for a few good women. Looking yeah, for I, I'm still not sure what the logic is of having to have a female doppelgangers yet, and uh, we will see. Time will tell. Yep. So uh, she splits with uh, Hellcat, and Triathlon is left in the lurch, going. But cut back to um, the Vision is kind of going all hooey from the Silver Surfer, <laughs> Silver Surfer, yeah, the Silver Surfer, and Wonder Man decides he's going to take on or help the Vision and. And the surfer gets him from behind, basically disrupting the electrical frequencies in Simon's body, which doesn't make any sense because he's composed of ionic energy. Hmm. 
But he throws the Ionic in. Oh, that's right. Of, he says, out of yeah, phase. just like he did your com- compatriots' electrical frequencies. That's right. So then Cap kind of calls out to them that if they try and take these guys on one-on-one, they're going to lose. They have to use teamwork. And that's followed up by Ms. Marvel or... Uh, what, what was her uh, other name that she went by? Warbird? Warbird. And yeah. Wasp taking on the Surfer with their uh, energy blast from each side. We'll tag team Moondoggy here. Which Moondoggy? Would that be from... Uh... Gidget. Thank you. Yeah, I was going to say Bernard Kreps, which I think was one of the characters. No, that was from uh, Dobie Gillis. Dobie Gillis. Maynard oh, sorry, Krebs. I had the wrong wrong 60s, 50s sitcom. Sorry, man. <laughs> I did see uh, on uh, Turner Classic Movies, they had The Many Loves of Dobie Gillis, or whatever the movie title was, and Dobie Gillis was played by Bobby Van. Hmm. Now that, that's a tangent if ever I heard one. <laughs> <laughs> But it was it was interesting to see because I always I remember Bobby Van from the seventies being you know on game shows and stuff, but I don't think I ever saw him acting in anything except for the remake of Lost Horizon. It was the mm. first thing I ever saw of him from the nineteen fifties. So it was kind of interesting. But back to our story. Back to our story. Uh, uh, Iron Man and Yellow Jacket uh, effectively jumpstart Wonder Man and the Vision to put them back in sync while playing Motley Crue's Kickstart My Heart. <laughs> So I, I just I just kind of wish they had uh, paddles and yelled out clear before clear. they did it. Yes, because the bioelectric stings help stabilize Wonder Man and Tony Stark pulls out his jumper cables out of his little out of his little nice touch cuz they're out of the little circular pods on the side there which mm. you know that's is that also his uh solar batteries? <laughs> uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's it's his utility belt. And uh of course he puts these cables right on the vision's head. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, thanks, Iron Man. Oh, thanks. Thanks, Iron Man. My thanks. I am fully myself once more. <laughs> yeah. well, I like to say that. So, and, just uh, one one panel of Wanda continuing to uh and she's usurping control of the uh, Domo Origato Eye of Agamotto. She's not the... taking control of it. She's well, freeing it from his control. Right, right. It, and it's kind of allowing, and, he, and he's kind of like, what, what, what? And well, she, he didn't say what, know, what, what? She, she gives a comment to something to the extent that, uh, that uh, you know, just the fact that it isn't, doesn't want to serve him should mean mm-hmm. something. Yeah. And so uh, Namor nice, Cap. Yep. Nice page of Namor fighting Cap here. Although, look how large the surfer's wings are on that first panel. Little much. You mean the Mariner's wings? Yeah, there's no one. Oh, the wings in his uh, outfit. Yeah, those are kind of weird. Yeah, they're kind of way. Well, looks like the they're un- kind of the, un- the underarm wings that he's. Yeah, got with yeah, they are way too big. Looks like a giant pterodactyl. Looks like uh, Sauron. Sorry. Cap is trying. Cap is trying to talk some common sense to him, and he ends up being just amazed by how uh, how willing the surfer is to kind of go against what is the code of. What did I say? Surfer. That's what threw so, me. Oh, that's what I'm. Okay. That's why I was like, what? <laughs> the, he, he's he's amazed by like how much the, the submariner is willing to 
kind of go against his normal code of honor. Yeah, because he's like, you know, and and I'll tell you this: get out of my way, or I'll leave you broken and bleeding in my wake. And Cat's like, Cap's cat, Captain America, you can't mean that. And then, uh, meanwhile, Hulk is getting a little angry. He's getting a little tired of Quicksilver. And gives him the old shockwaves, the smashing hands, which is nice when the Hulk always, you know, when he when he uses that tactic. See, that's the kind of battle though where the Hulk should be able to just kind of stand there. I let people until, bounce un, off un, of them. Until Pietro gets tired. Yeah. Because <laughs> Pietro really shouldn't be able to do him any harm other than throw him off balance him. a little. Bury him in, a, in the snow. Uh, so then they're starting to cannibalize their little uh, stealth skimmer, which I don't really remember, but I guess it came from somewhere. I don't remember it in the books, but uh, not sure. So they're cannibalizing it in order to uh, attack the surfer. And then we cut to the Dark Dimension. Ooh, we're Nighthawk. Well, actually, all, all of our uh, other defenders And the gathered ladies, the new, the new recruits. Yes, yeah, so it's uh, Nighthawk, well. Hellcat, Valkyrie, uh, Namorita, and the She-Hulk. It's Nighthawk and the ladies. And they they are coming to the dark dimension to recruit Clea to their side, and she agrees to go. Uh, what do you think about that? Um, after they pop in, you know, the little purple inset picture there where they pop in, and mm-hmm. then you got Nighthawk right below there, and then Clea below that. What, what do you think of those two? I think those are pretty good. I like yeah, those. Yeah, I, I agree. I think uh, the the well the the shot of Clea. With the, are you talking about the close up on the next page of her? Or are you talking about the picture directly below the where they pop in? Uh, oh well, that one's good too. I was mainly hot, hot talking about the the headshot of Nighthawk and then the headshot of Clea on the next page. Yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, because the the full shot is a little bit more traditional, whereas the headshots have, I wouldn't say a level of detail that's uncommon but it's just just a little bit more of a serious look about them mm-hmm. which i like I, I think they're well done and especially this the shot of uh of well actually both of them they kind of ignore the comic panels which is cool yeah and it's almost like they're talking to each other yeah because he's facing one way and then when they in the next page she's facing the opposite direction like she's looking at him Although if they were faced exactly the opposite, then they would be kind of facing each other. Yeah, although her head would be twice the size of his. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but anyway, we get back to our battle where the giant yellow jacket is... Oh, anyway, she agrees to oh, come along. Uh, we've got to say that through the, all the chit-chat, um, Dark... Uh, uh, Night, Dark Hawk. Nighthawk <laughs> says, uh, yeah, 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 you help us save uh, the... The other defenders and yeah, Doctor Strange will come help you and and Hellcat's like, oh, you know, she's kind of like whispering, oh, do you really? Oh no, it's uh, Valkyries. Is we've been able to of late to cause Doctor Strange to do anything. What makes you like Xnay on the Strange? You know? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Come on, come on, help us. So yeah, then they then we cut to everybody. Everybody pile on a surfer. They're all blasting the bejesus out of them. 
Well, I, you know, I said early on, though, that he was the most powerful. So I think that's probably the proper method of attack, mm-hmm. especially if the ones who aren't piling on are able to at least keep the other ones occupied. And we see Yellow Jackets fighting the Hulk. He's Yellow Jackets up to giant size. But it doesn't look to me like he's faring all that well. No. And uh, Wanda um, is still trying to take out Strange or at least contain him. But she's not sure how much longer she's going to be able to do so. And uh, the Submariner has kind of had enough of Cap's crap. Yeah, and he, he takes Cap out at that point. With a sucker punch to the gut with his foot. the a uh, punch to the back of the neck. Yeah, almost a double, you know, all he had to do was do a double-fisted Kirk punch there to make it yeah. better. So then he takes Cap's shield and whacks Yellow Jacket with it. Wang! And it's, it's kind of like they all trade off, because now that the Hulk isn't fighting Yellow Jacket, he attacks Iron Man. <laughs> Shoves him in. Dives on his back and shoves him in the snow. Which allows the surfer to get free, and then he attacks Wanda, which allows Doctor Strange to get free, and then he casts a spell that takes down all of the Avengers. Yeah, it turns their energies against them, and then puts them in nice little green little uh, stasis fields. Yeah, Stasis field is probably a better term for it. I like, in between all the green Avengers, there's the surfer, who's not green, but he's clearly totally depleted of energy at this point. Mm-hmm. I like the way he's drawn. Yeah, he's kind of like a little bit of slouching, a little bit like, uh. So Hulk asks if they're all dead. Doctor Strange says no. So Hulk goes over and just punches Yellow Jacket in the head. Yeah. Then they put him in the cocoon. And then uh, the Hulk says something a little disturbing. He says... uh uh, he's like, so we done here? I mean, maybe y- you want to waste time saving jerks that'll just come back after us. But me, I want to get back to the Citadel. We got all those bird people who used to live there on ice, after all. And I'm all for thawing out a few of the better-looking honeys, if you know what I mean. Or parts of them, anyway. And the, uh, the other three are kind of like, what? What? Did he just suggest what I think he suggested? I believe so. We may have to do something about him, is the surfer's comment after Namor asked that question. Now, I almost took that as, okay. You, oh, I, I think you're meant to take it that way. <laughs> well, what do you think I'm taking it as? That he's looking to rape. <laughs> oh, yeah, but I'm thinking one step further. When he says parts of him, I'm thinking cannibalism. See, I was thinking cannibalism. Well, I, I was thought thinking, rape, too, but, but I was I was thinking like, rape, and then I was thinking they may just, like... Rape and leave for dead is what I was Ugh. thinking. Ugh. I wasn't thinking cannibalism. That's kind of what I was thinking. It's a pretty horrifying thought, but you could be right. So the uh, the defenders team, as currently constituted, return back to their makeshift headquarters and meet up with Papa Hag and comment that they do not have a uh, counterpart to the surfer yet. And Papa Hug says, ah, my Nighthawk, that, that is the tricky part. And it says, next, little surfer girl. And that's the end of this issue. <laughs> yes. The evil, dark inset picture, uh, again, of Papa Hog saying, ah, my 
Ah, my Nighthawk. That, that is the tricky part. Next, Little Surfer Girl. Didn't I just say that? What? I thought I just said those words. You did? Yeah. Oh, did I cut you out? <laughs> I think you just repeated me. Oh, sorry. That's all right. I think it's kind of amusing. Anyway, so where, where do you where are we going to rank this one? You want to go first, or you want to go second? Sure, I'll go first. Uh the cover. Uh, yeah, we we mentioned before it's it's a pretty uh, it's pretty dynamic, but drab at the same time, mm. which is kind of weird. Hey, and you know what I just noticed? What'd you just notice? Look into three on the cover. There's a lightly colored 15 in there, which would be. Uh, well, this, the, that would be if, if you counted it from the, the 12 issue. issues. From you know what? I just looked series. at the cover for four, and that's got it too. I didn't notice that on the cover for two because the cover for four has a 16 in there. I didn't notice that before. I had not noticed it either. That's kind of a nice touch. I like that. Bill? Hello? Dr. Bill calling Dr. Bill. So, okay, anybody listening, uh, we, we finished kind of going through book number three of the order, and we're about to give it our uh, review reviews or ratings when Dr. Bill lost his internet for an extended period of time and we weren't able to finish the episode. So we're just going to kind of finish this one off, read a little email, and then we'll do book four next week. So does that yep. work for you, Dr. Bill? Yep, 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 yep. And by way of explanation, as far as email goes, uh, we had a another electronic snafu that cost us an episode that we recorded in which we read quite a bit of email. So if you've sent something into us and we never read it, that's probably what happened because it's going to be difficult for us to try and figure what we did and did not read at this point. So... I'm sorry. We apologize. So back to the order issue three. Uh, you want to give your re- reviews of it, or do you want me to give mine first? No, I'll hop in. I'll leave off where I got cut off or dropped off, depending on how you want to look at it. Um, so like we said before with the cover, it's pretty dynamic but drab at the same time, which is quite a contrast. Um you know, maybe if it's a little brighter, I might pump up the grade, but I'm still going to give it like a uh, like a B minus for the cover. The interior art is uh, a little bit mixed, um, but overall, I still think it's good. I like that 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 first opening splash with the Avengers uh, because you know we've got two pencilers on this, so I think you can kind of see sometimes where it changes a little bit. Um, I like the shot when Nam- when Namor absorbs the. Uh, the wasp stings and then directs it back at Cap. And even though a lot of the backgrounds are muted, they're just kind of blank. Kind of reminds you of like a Vinnie Coletta book. <laughs> the figures in the foreground are still very detailed. So that kind of offsets that, even though there's not a lot of... I mean, they are fighting up in the mountains in the snow. So really, how much, you know, I guess you can, you know, let that go. Um, so the art, I think I'm going to give the art a B plus and the story, I mean, this is really just a, uh, uh, I guess you would call it a, you know, a Thomas DJ 
punchy punchy run run and with a mixture of getting the band back together or forming the band because they're just running around grabbing people um, to create the female analogs of the team and basically the Avengers are getting their butts whipped by the order. So I think the story, uh, in that case, the story is a B plus. So eh, a B plus book overall for me. All right. Uh, I think yeah, I'm I'm pretty much in agreement with you on the cover. I like the, I like it conceptually. I kind of like the layout, but I don't really like the final product. I'm gonna say a C plus on the cover. Uh, you know, better than run-of-the-mill but nothing particularly special the interior art is and I guess it is a byproduct of having two pencilers but it's a little inconsistent I don't think we've reached the heights of the very first issue again in the two that have followed it I think the first issue you know kind of set the the tone and the other two haven't quite held up although I do see some pretty good images in this it looks to me like the Artists are influenced a little by the George Perez Avengers uh, during the Hero Reborn era, which I guess mm. this isn't too far off from time-wise because I think this is the uh, yes yeah, two thousand. So yeah, so I, I I do see some influence on that or influence of that, but I think it's you know it's it's good. It's just not great. So I'm going to say a B on the interior art and the story. Yes, it is a lot of battles. But I don't feel like it's by the numbers. I think I feel like the battles are well thought out. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of uh, moments in there where they show you the you know the the positives of teamwork or of of help you know where they they help each other out and that's how the uh, the, the the struggle kind of swings one way or the other. So I, I mm. do think it's it's a well written battle issue. So I'm going to say a B plus on the writing and overall I'll give the book a B. Just a couple of bees. Just a couple of bees. Uh, so that's it for the order book three. And I guess we can do a couple of Rusty Bragg's emails because I'm looking in the mailbox right now. We're not going to read all of them, but there are six Russell Bragg's emails and one Kirk Greenfield. Ooh, Kirk. six to one. Ooh. Kirk, you're you really you're slacking, man. Ah, well, that's okay. I... I... I'm in. I'm in negotiations with Kirk uh, behind the scenes. He said uh, he gave me an invite to a con in uh, West Virginia. Uh, but I'm like, I'd love to go. Well, while you're there, see if you could find Thunderbolts 127 for me <laughs> and uh, Iron Age Omega and issue two and three. Uh, I'm looking for those and I can't find them anywhere. So he's like, that should be easy. I said, really? I've uh, looked in 25. 25 different stores in five different counties in a 100 mile radius around my house, and I can't find that book it's like anywhere. And do a hard target search. <laughs> Every bin. The subject we're looking for is Thunderbolts 127. It is a dangerous book, and it's. <laughs> wow, that, that wasn't a bad Tommy Lee Jones. It wasn't a good Tommy Lee Jones either. Oh, yeah? Let's hear yours. I didn't say I'd do a good one. Okay, then. Just, All just right, I... there. Just partner. because I don't do a good one doesn't mean that you <laughs> that yours is good. Well, I never. It shows. Hey, just read the email. All right, so the first email of all people is from Russell Bragg. 
Shocker. Titles Back to the Bins 287 in fond memory. Bertie Wrightson and. Whoops. Says, <laughs> I think this one's came second. <laughs> I think so. Yes, actually. So, you know what? Let's go to the. Oh, wait. Next did we one. cut. Yeah, what happened? Did we cut. Oh, that must have been one of the ones we read before. <laughs> Whoopsie. That we lost. Okay. Well, you know what? Our first email <laughs> is from Russell Bragg, and it's titled Back to the Bins 290 Captain America Patriot. Hi, guys. Great episode once again. It's always good to hear from Michael Bailey. Don't tell him, but I am woefully behind on views from the long box. Why would we tell him that, Russell? He doesn't listen anyway. I don't have the trade you talked about yet. By the time you get around to reading this email, I should. I had never heard of this storyline, but your talk about it inspired me to get it. Encouraged Mm. further by a 3% loyalty discount at in-stock trades, I purchased it. Should be here any time now. I wish it had come out in hardcover, but you can't have everything in life, I guess. I could have sworn that Betsy Ross, at least as an ancestor of my hero, was mentioned in DC Comics too, but I couldn't find a reference to it. Maybe it's in some other his- maybe it's some other historical figure I'm thinking of. Anyway, great coverage, and I thank you for bringing this collection to my attention. Russell Bragg, Westburg- Clarksburg, West Virginia, host of the DC Comics Presents show. Thanks, Rusty. I appreciate the uh, feedback, and I'm glad. I'm glad that you are reading the book based on our review. I really would like to hear your review of it once you've had a chance to read it. We could have the Marvel Comics Presents. There you go. That's an idea. You could do Marvel Comics Presents next after you finish the DC Comics Presents. There you go. Yeah. You want to read the next one? Uh, Which is uh, from Kirk. Right? Am I on the right one? Yes. I believe I'm on the right one. You are. Okay. I almost thought I dropped out again for a second. You're so quiet. I had to to, uh, mute for a moment. Ah. It's entitled Phantom Zone Ideas, uh, Phantom Zone Issue Ideas, Scott Gardner. And it is from our buddy Kirk. And it says, Scott, in parentheses, Snark McGill, comma. You are developing a cast, uh, you are developing a cast of characters that populate the Phantom Zone over in, in your side podcast. I've got a few things to say about Superman. Well, actually, wish we had Scott here to answer this. As a uh, possible definitive compendium of Phantom Zone info, you might want to create a running list of personal personnel and costumes for each criminal, quote unquote, that ap- that a- that appears. Maybe listing which issues they appear in. I was going to suggest a collection of headshots and names and encyclopedia-style web page as a future reference work i think you're getting way above where scott wants to go i mean uh nah, i don't know what do you think paul i think this is creating web pages <laughs> yeah i know i'm certain it would be all it would be overplumbed to be a uh a, i'm certain it could be overplumbed to be a database with lots of fields and entries like well, mike's amazing world of comics but i had something much more simple in mind go ahead my suggestion is much like the clippings from the books that we cover that you put on Facebook. Uh, if I, I would think Scott would not have the time to do this, but if you'd like to do it for him, I'm sure he'd be pleased. Yeah. Uh, Kirk says, I attach a tongue-in-cheek listing which my daughter and I developed as a running list of victims or deaths. Yeah, I've seen that. Uh, that appear in the Namor series and tells the Astonish for a podcast. We do a periodic update as we go through the series. 
A writer's Bible could be assembled on paper, but I'm thinking an electronic page would be more easily shared between fans and others. Let me know what you think of this. And we'll hold on to this, and there's some attachments down at the bottom um, that we will save for Mr. Gardner and let him peruse at his leisure when he returns from the mouse. And just as, mouse. as a side note, I, I hope Kirk's daughter is doing well. I know she relocated for work purposes, and she's actually in the uh, the ever popular state of New Jersey now. So you know, hey, I, 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 I was I born hope there. She's doing well. I was born there, but I left. I got out, and Ren did the opposite and went there. So, mm. like I said, I just, so I hope she's doing well. And I guess we could do one more email before we call it a day. Get to it. It is another one from Russell Bragg. Back to the bins, 293. Uh, last Sun. Hi, guys. Hope, is well, hope all is well. When I saw the title of your episode, I was almost positive what you would be talking about. Until I remembered, it was Red Sun I was thinking of. <laughs> I was going to ask if the storyline had been collected, but found the answer myself. It is collected in softcover and hardcover, the one I prefer, written by Richard Donner and Jeff Johns. Last Sun collects the epic story arc from Action Comics 844 to 846, 851, and Action Comics Annual number 11. A rocket lands in Metropolis containing a boy Superman thinks is from Krypton. Along with figuring out what that means to him, Superman must protect young Christopher Kent, who has become the most valuable child on the planet thanks to his immense power. Lex Luthor has his sights set on him, assembling his own team of villains to nab Christopher. It all leads to an action-packed finale as Superman and the new Superman Revenge Squad, Lex Luthor, Bizarro, the Parasite, and Metallo, take on General Zod, Ursa, and Non in a battle for Metropolis, the future Krypton, and Christopher Kent. The volume includes several pages in 3D as well as a pair of 3D glasses, 160 Hmm. pages. I have added it to my Amazon list and will look at in-stock trades and cheap graphic novel to see where it is the cheapest. I very rarely want anything to do post-crisis on Infinite Earths, but you intrigued me. Darn you guys. An odd question has plagued me for a little while, and I was curious if you had any knowledge about it. I hope Scott is there to ponder it too. Sorry. Have any of you, either listening to a podcast or being part of one, ever heard a real argument and one of the podcasters storms off? I know Jeffrey Taylor got mad at Michael Bailey and left on an episode of From Crisis to Crisis a long time ago, but I knew it was all in jest. Personally, I figure any argument like that would probably be edited out. I guess that's all I have this time around. I truly enjoyed the coverage. I must have if I'm going to purchase the book. Thank you for keeping me entertained. Russell Bragg, Clarksburg, West Virginia, host of the DC Comics Presents show. Uh, I've never heard of that actually occurring. Uh, I recently listened to the 200th episode of the Fire and Water podcast, and Shag and Rob talked about how Shag likes to kind of go against each other every once in a while. So they had a uh, a point to go after, and they and, and they actually discussed it, and they said, you know, let's argue over this one. And they, they the the kind of funny aspect of it is, by the time they started arguing about it, the argument became real, and they were both like getting all you know, angry. <laughs> uh, but the postscript is as soon as the, as soon as the show was over, they, 
kind of let the anger go when neither one of them was mad at each other. But for that moment, they said they were both like really angry at each other, which I just find kind of amusing. But that's the closest I can come up to. I, I don't think, I don't think we've ever gotten angry at all at each other during a disagreement. But I can speak for me. I can't speak for Dr. Bill. He may hate me. To hell with you. Oh, sorry. Come on, kill no. me. Come on, I'm here. You just make me your buffoon. <laughs> Maybe he wants an oil when he hears the clips after the credits. He wants to kill me. Uh, the only time that I kind of thought it was a, uh, a one time on Star Wars and Character, one of their April Fool's uh, shows, because I don't think I realized it was April Fool's. And it was a discussion where they were supposedly going to be like two or three of the other guys were going to be kicked off because they were bringing somebody else onto the podcast and this person was was uh, semi-famous. Um, and, you know, I didn't realize... Like, I had gone back and uh, I don't think... I don't remember if I had gotten behind on it. So when I was listening, it wasn't April. It wasn't in April, so I was kind of like, oh, hey, what's going on? And then it was like the next episode, they, they kind of let the cat out of the bag that it was just a... It was April Fool's. So. Oh, and I, I just thought of one while you was telling that, because uh, apparently on Dinner for Geeks, they had a falling out. I think Jeff and Ron had, because uh, uh, Scott was alluding to the fact that we were going to hear Dinner for Geeks Civil War. And I think there was a falling out between those two, but we never did get to hear that episode. And that's just as well, because I actually like Ron and I like Jeff. So mm-hmm. I really don't necessarily want to hear them you know, seriously not getting along with each other. Yeah. Anyway, uh, you know, I don't want to take away your amusement at people's anger, Russell. <laughs> but uh, you know, if, if you know, if you're looking for that, I don't think Bill and I are the guys to help you. No, we're too tired. Yeah, we're too tired to be angry, and too pretty. Now, Scott, though, boy, we can get angry at him. <laughs> but if if we were going to anger anybody, it would be Scott because he always gets mad when we pick books that he wanted to be here for yeah oh you bunch of a-holes i can't believe you did an episode of what was that book challenges of the unknown challenges the unknown and swamp thing was that a dc comics presents one no it was, it was actually i think the what was it challenges was it challenges the unknown? that's right yeah it was oh, you did that with swamp thing oh yeah oh, you guys bring f troop when i'm on and you know f troop was one of the more fun episodes Book sucked, but it was fun. <laughs> anyway, I guess that's our show for tonight. Thank you all for tuning in, and we'll cover book four next week. Or we'll cover something else next week and cover book four after that. We will yeah, see. Yeah, we'll cover book four later. At some point, we'll cover book four, and then we'll cover book five and six. I already I already read ahead. <laughs> I cheated. Well, I've only read through four, so I'll get oh, to okay. five right. later. All right. All right, but... See you, everybody. But, yeah, good oh. night, everybody. Oh. Shut up! Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we hope you'll continue to join us each and every week for more good old-fashioned comic book back-issue awesomeness. You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at backtothebins at gmail.com or by joining the Back to the Bins group on Facebook. 
Back to the Bins is a proud affiliate of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is a registered trademark of Demanzo Corps of Milan, Italy. All rights reserved. Each and every month, the Two True Freaks Network produces dozens of new and exciting episodes which regularly reach tens of thousands of loyal listeners worldwide. Sponsorship and or advertising opportunities are available. Inquiries may be made via email to twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Please take a moment to stop by the twotruefreaks.com site and check out their many other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, and we'll see you next week. Oh, mmm. Ah, oh, this, the aroma that just hit me. Mm-hmm.